Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So just ready podcast. Back out to smart. Fakes the pass all the time. Three. Bang! It's William Strange. Bobs it up to Robert Williams. Should he go? Taylor Brown. Tatum. Durant, the long reach. Tatum, crossover, pull-up jumper. It's Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. The Celtics, they dropped Game 2 in San Francisco to the Warriors, 107-88. to Major bummer, so this will be a, probably a short pod, but they still got the split heading home to Boston. That's the main thing. Joining us to talk all about it, Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going, man? Good, man, good. Not as good as, um, what day was it? Friday. But, um, <laughs> yeah. okay, things are okay, considering, dude. How, how are you feeling after that? Yeah, fine. I mean, like I said, we got the split, and it's it's crazy mm-hmm. to think about, like, no one at any, any point would have thought that Boston would have gone up 2-0 on the road. And so, no. yeah, it was an epic blowout, and really the first time we've been blown out like that in a really long time. But walking away 1-1, I kind of want to say it's the best case scenario, because, again, like... No one would have you know, anticipated us going up 2-0. Does that sound fair? Yeah, realistically, the best case scenario. I think going 2-0 up on the road, there would be something in my mind that would just be un- be so loudly saying we're going to lose the next two. And we probably would have yeah. lost the next two. Like It just would have been be that true. level of, of craziness. Yeah, so honestly, 1-1 is, is completely fine. And it probably is the best case scenario um, yeah, if you want to be realistic. So... Um, I'm still optimistic, but um, yeah, obviously we haven't experienced a blowout in a while. Um, I was looking up the 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 end of season fixtures just for shits and giggles the other day. And do you remember like losing by like 25 to the Pacers? Like mm-hmm. while we were good, we just had that one off night. Yeah. Well, I'm yep. not saying that it was like this game, but <laughs> it's like just that feeling of being like, eh, just, you know, just, yeah, this is done like well before the game was over. It's yeah, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, I think like the the closest thing that comes to mind is the game one loss to the Bucks, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like an epic like inverted Geno time blowout. It wasn't like we lost by a lot, but it wasn't, wasn't like, as funny. punishing yeah. as this one. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking brutal. Um, so let's just zip through this and hopefully spread a bit of Celtics cheer, you know, because it's all good. It's right. We, we split the games in in. Um, I keep wanting to say Oakland, but obviously it's San Francisco. Um, Jackson. Keys to the game. Why did this one go as badly as it did? Um, I, I got to be honest, man. This game really felt similar to game one to a mm-hmm. certain point. And you probably Absolutely. know exactly what that certain point is. But, you know, um, one team, you know, starts a little bit better than the other. 
but for the most part in the first in the first half it's all pretty even um then the warriors go on a little run but we answer with a run of our own uh ultimately go down you know big in the third quarter but then you pull it back yep it was almost exactly the same as that we just didn't have that pullback and obviously you know jordan paul hitting a, a pull-up jump shot from halfway um you know sort of crushed anything we had but it really felt similar um to me in terms of how the game just went so that you know, I'm optimistic in that sense that you were able to do, you were able to pull what win one game playing three quarters almost identically and then not win the other one. But I think the biggest key to the game, at least that I could see, was that Golden State was really defending the likes of Horford, Smart, and that perimeter like a mm-hmm. lot more aggressively. Yeah. I think it caused a lot of turnovers. I think it caused a lot of bad shooting. And I think it just gave the Warriors and like guys like Draymond Green like a lot more impetus to get going. So, I think that was probably what I noticed, um, or that was significant to me at least. What did you think? Yeah, well, the the defense, the perimeter defense, and really locking down the paint as well. I mean, mm. really, I've just got circled here. The Warriors' defense through and through was amazing. You know, leading to eighteen turnovers by the Celtics, and then many, many um, points off of turnovers by the Warriors. That's really like if you had to you know, right up on the chalkboard. One reason as to why this game was so shitty. It was all those turnovers. And, and so much of that was because of that that physicality by the Warriors. The first possession of the game, Draymond forces a jump ball by just mm. like, you know, jumping into Al Horford's space there. And it really set the tone for the rest of the Warriors. And, you know, a lot of people are hating on Draymond. And like, he is annoying. He's super annoying. But he, he is basically just Marcus Smart at a different position Obviously, a bit more experience, particularly this deep into the postseason. But I had to check myself from getting super annoyed by him because we have our very own version of that. And then, mm. and then there's Grant Williams as well, who's also super yeah. annoying, even to actual Celtics fans. But yeah, that, that physicality forced a lot of turnovers. Al Hoffer took four shots in this game. Four shots Wild. and made one of them Yeah, uh, crazy. So yeah, the, the physicality... I mean, and just Draymond. Really, Draymond was incredible in this game. Uh, I, I suppose you'd call it a bounce back just from how he spearheaded their defense. And, like, we got we got Draymonded, for lack of a better term. He was up in all of our shit from the tip, like, in that literally the first possession. But then aggroing Jalen um, and talking just... Talking to the refs. Talking to the refs and just yeah. like mucking up the game, and I think uh, Jalen Brown and a few others commented to that effect in the post game, and it was just too much for us. You know, not all of the turnovers were forced, but they were influenced by by this Draymond Green experience. So, I think that's recoverable. We can respond to that and adjust to that in Game Three and the subsequent games. But um, it just had us completely discombobulated in this one. Does that yeah. sound fair? Yeah, and even me as a viewer get, talking about getting discombobulated was when he, by all accounts, should have had a second technical and been ejected uh, oh my God. at the end yeah. of the second quarter. <laughs> you have Steve Javi on TV saying, yeah, no, we can, we would think about this and we would probably not call it as to, you know, eject someone, which we're all thinking and we all know it's true, but for them to just say it like outright and then then not to be a double technical cold on it when it is in every single other game is just it's a bit jarring and i think that's the kind of shit that gives draymond green powers it's 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 mucking it up it's the chaos it's kind of getting away with that and just you know 
something that he's like, he's, he kind of bends the game to his will without using much basketball skill, which is mm-hmm. a little bit like, harsh to say. But, you know, his biggest strength is is getting in people's minds. So I think if he was ejected, that would have, <laughs> that would have been a big advantage to us. But he didn't. And I think it fed into his, the overall like vibe that he was that he was going for. Yeah, and a little bit like he had already kind of affected the game and and the Warriors at that point. Like, because yeah, mm. I'm sorry to keep harping on about that first possession, but like right from the get go, he came out and was, was like big. super yeah. Draymond, and uh, it was punishing. And yeah. on the, um, the guy who was the player of the game last game too, it's like a statement, you know, jump ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, no other way yeah. to put it. And like. You know, it's weird because the Celtics, you'd think at this point they'd be used to the physicality, like going back to the Bucks series and then the Heat series. But this was brutal. It was like the physicality of those series is, is, <laughs> but also the elite offense and three-point shooting of the Warriors all rolled up into one like brutal attacking force. So pretty tough. But would you agree that it's like it's not anything that we can't respond to in game three? Oh, certainly not, dude. I, I honestly think, and this could come back to to haunt me saying this, but I honestly think we've played our our toughest series already. Whether it was the Bucks, okay. whether it was the Heat, I'm not too sure. Um, it, it depends on like what you're really judging, you know, toughest by. But I think as physical as Golden State can get, I think we can match them, and if not, be better than them. I think the reason they were so much better than us tonight was we played as if we were pretty satisfied to have one game already. Mm-hmm. At least it seemed that way. I'm sure they would tell you otherwise, but um, there just wasn't as much urgency. And I guess it's natural when you go a game down, there's always going to be that, you know, that response, uh, particularly from a team that's won three titles in seven years uh, or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I just think they were well much more up for it and we just weren't fighting as hard. Yep, totally. And third quarters as well, and like we just didn't have that response, that fourth quarter response in us in this game. But a Reddit user Celtics DDT ACCT, hope I've said that right, said in the post game thread, "We've been outscored seventy three to thirty eight in third quarters so far in the wow. series in two games. That's crazy. Yeah, it's mental. Yeah, and like forty four points is it? Matt's right. Uh, forty five, I think. Yeah." Wow. minus 38? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is what that equation equals. But um that's that's not gonna cut it. I also I thought that the Warriors ran their offense differently in this game. And they they seem to run a lot more pick and roll, just like straight up pick and roll mm-hmm. with Steph Curry as the ball handler. I, I was so convinced of that that I went to Synergy and checked the stats on this. So per Synergy. 30 total pick and roll possessions in game two versus 25 total in game one, which is not that much of a disparity. Like, I thought no. it would be like 10 or 15 more, but um, even the, the commentary team were calling it out that they were, they were changing the way that they ran their offense. And rather than all of this sort of clever off-ball screening and movement and guys flaring out and hammer screens and pistol actions and stuff like that, it was just like fucking pick and roll. Draymond no. Green and Steph Curry, and they were really effective at it. Also, no Iguodala. <laughs> like, one less person for us to sag off of. I think that was an underrated feature as well. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the personnel that they did bring in, uh, namely, you know, Gary Payton was a massive upgrade over Iguodala, um, yep. you know, offensively and defensively. And I thought they got a lot more out of, um, you know, Otto Porter. I don't think he scored as much as he did in game one, but I just thought he was effective when he was in. 
be elites or two. I think hit a couple of buckets in the second quarter when we had a bit of a lead that just brought it back. So I even just think the guys that they brought in, the the, the adjustments that they made, um, yeah, were just just worked. Yeah, so much better. So painful as well because we started off the game so well, like in our playback stream. You know, when Jalen went on his huge run in the first two minutes, I was like, all right, start manufacturing the title rings for the Celtics. Like, this looks amazing. And then that physicality just wore us down. And then with the physicality came, we're going to talk about it right now, the refereeing, which Mm. sucks to talk about refereeing and the referees after a game of basketball featuring, you know, 10 or more fantastic athletes. But we've got to do it. Physicality and then the refereeing leaning in one direction in terms of like letting that physicality go or not and in this case very much in favor of the uh warriors um there's a post here by memu kurobi said the celtics are 13 and 7 this postseason they are one and four in games officiated by zach zaba 12 (laughs) and three otherwise um like you you sort of mentioned in our slack Jackson, some frustrations with the referees. I think that's mm. pretty commonplace among all Celtics fans right now. What's your take on the refereeing in this game? It's always the knee-jerk reaction to stuff with the refs. I think once you sort of like step back from it and you let the game, you let yourself simmer down, it, blaming the refs really is it's it, it's pointless to a degree. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not going to do it. I think we they they absolutely deserve being <laughs> being moaned about. But um, at the end of the day, like you know, you can't you know you can't put yourself in a position to be to have games turned by the referees. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, I think the the Gary Payton uh, foul call on Jalen Brown, which gave him his second, was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I think- What, what the hell we only saw We only saw one angle of his first foul where I think he pushes Kevin Looney, but like he literally, he pushes him about that far away and Kevin Looney slides across the court. And it's like, there's no way that's, that's exaggerated and, and bullshit. So he has two crap fouls that way. Um, we've already touched on the Draymond thing. Um, the Derek White non-technical on Jordan Poole, which kind of stopped a fast break, again, annoyed me, annoyed the shit out of me at the time, but it's hard to say if anything would have come out of it. But you are left with this sense of, you know, just these, you can remember these, these shit calls going against you, the sort of pivotal moments in the microcosm of the quarter. But um, that thing with Zaba being like, well, we're one and four with him. And the one was the buzzer beater against Brooklyn. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> what's this? Who is this guy? Like, I, I never seem to hate him that much, but now I'm like, man, fuck this guy. Like, what's the go? Yeah. And they reviewed the shit out of that buzzer beater as well. Like he, he certainly tried to, you know, to uh, <laughs> rob us of that win. He did too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's rather than any one moment, you know, the Draymond thing or the, the Jordan Poole non-tech call on, on Derek White there, which, you know, frustratingly stopped the a potential fast break there. It was more just like they were calling us for just minor contact on our defensive end. Well, it felt like we were drawing similar levels, if not greater levels of contact on our offense. Guys like Tatum, you know, going to the hoop and, and trying to draw fouls and, and not getting those same calls. Mm. And I, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't want to live in a world where I believe that, like, referees are actively influencing the outcome of games because that takes away from the enjoyment of the NBA. Sometimes, and, and I'm not saying that that's the case, and it's difficult... You know, we're not necessarily objectively looking at this because we're massive Celtics fans. 
<laughs> sometimes it's so hard to suspend your disbelief there, you know, like it's so hard to look beyond that. It just seems like they're really doing their best to influence the outcome of the game. Am I wrong or, or what? No, you're not wrong. You're completely right. And even when Steve Javi was saying, you know, where we're going to consider whether or not he's got a technical ex- already before he gets thrown out. Well, now you are subjectively interpreting the rules. Mm-hmm. Now, for a neutral and for a product that is, you know, the NBA, I understand where that's coming from. Um, you know, certainly if I was a neutral, one yeah. of the best players got chucked out in the second quarter of the finals, then yeah, that's going to like, you know, tarnish the viewing experience to a degree. But subjective calls means you can just basically rig the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Under the under the guise of, oh, I'm calling it like this way, or we have to let them play, or we have to do this and that. And yep. it's, it's a very fine line that you that they skirt with it. And when it goes against you, it sucks, you know, it, so much, so, so, so much. So- <laughs> Yeah, it's it's my least favorite thing about the NBA, the officiating. Um, and I, I'm sure it's a very tough job, and the majority of the time they do it well. But yeah, the, when it's bad, it's really bad. And you know, we and I think the key word is just consistency. You just want to see it consistently called, and then you just live with you know the result of that. But that's not the world we live in. And I think as long as I think the good news is, if we go down two one or three two or something like that, then I think we'll probably get it in our favor. <laughs> yeah, which is so <laughs> weird. Like it, it is. It is. That's crazy. But I, I um, don't disagree with you at all. Um, there's a Reddit user Vortex Cow who said, "At least we got one of the Zaba slash Tony Brothers games out of the way. Here's to hoping we take both in Boston and we fix our thirds, our third quarters." Um, I just want to touch on shot attempts in this game very quickly because some of those stood out to me. And then we'll get to cause for optimism, which is where I want to spend the bulk of our time on, on reasons to be optimistic. I need it. <laughs> so, Robert Williams, one shot attempt. Al Horford, four shot attempts, which we got to. Um, Marcus Smart, one for six. Grant Williams, two for two. Yeah, like just... They really they really nullified us on the perimeter and, and where we saw a lot of production from those guys in game one. We just didn't see that at all. It was completely shut down by the Warriors. And it's funny because um, Jalen Brown, Draymond Green in the post game and on his own podcast after game one was like, yeah, those guys like just aren't going to shoot that well again, which was true, but only because they completely changed up their defense on those guys. Like it wasn't like they were just like, oh, that's not going to happen again. We're just not going to do anything about that because we don't believe they'll play like that way again. They absolutely adjusted their defense to, to take it away from those guys, and particularly Al Horford, like they were right up on him again from the first possession, and uh, and took him out of his game. But like, absolutely, that's something that he can respond to. So I'm not not worried about that at all. Yeah, neither am I. It's so weird. We shot a better percentage from three than we did from inside the three point line, and yeah, I think there was that's crazy. The game of the Bucks series, I think, where we were we were great from three, but we were terrible from everywhere else. Mm-hmm. We ended up losing. Maybe, maybe it was a Heat game. I can't remember, but yeah, no, they did adjust the defense to to, um, to make it harder for us. But you know, if the three still happen to go down, but they did take away a lot of you know, you're right, the the paint and you know, and two point shots, which are which are crucial. So, um, he, I think Draymond is right in the sense that, yeah, you don't have to worry about Derek White, Marcus Smart, and Al Horford going lights out for three collectively together, like, you know, the game afterwards. But that's not to say that one, two, or all of them, again, could get hot, you know, to a similar level in game three or four or six or seven. Um, so, yeah, I think when he says that, I think he's just, you know, he's doing his part to 
say everything's all cool, but they're a championship winning team for a reason. You know, they're definitely making adjustments and they're definitely saying the right things um, about it too. So it's our turn to adjust now, I think is all I have to say. Yeah, I really respect Draymond Green in the same way. Because like of how we love Marcus Smart, it's like you can just see, you can see yourself as a Warriors fan feeling exactly the same way, if not, you know, greater about, about Draymond Green. But having said that, Feeling the hate started to creep in, like, you know, it's a final <laughs> series. He's our opponent. Really, it's starting to bubble up inside of me. And even for, like, kind of lovable players like Steph and Gary Payton as well, it's, like, starting to feel like, ah, oh, man, like, fuck that guy, <laughs> even yeah. though I, I kind of love them. Um, should we talk about points for optimism? You know, enough about this negative stuff. We, we lost this game, but ultimately we got out of San Fran with the split. Where does your mind wander to, Jackson, when you start to sort of you know, the, the dust settles from a disappointing game. Maybe you're going for a walk and you're like, oh, okay, everything's all right because blah. Like, what, what's blah for you? Um, well, everything's all right because I don't think we've... I still don't think we've played, like, to our best for a long time in these playoffs, to be perfectly honest. Maybe game seven against the Bucs. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably the last time we were really at our best. And obviously, we blew out the heat, um, you know, a couple times. But really, the last time I was just like, fuck yeah, this now maybe game six i'll take that back probably game six against the heat now that i've i've remembered that but we don't do it often enough like there's you never i can't remember last time brown tatum and like one other guy were just like lights out and then someone off the bench as well like we got that in the fourth quarter of game one but we didn't see it the whole way through so i think there is so much room for improvement in this squad um, you know, individually and collectively. And the fact that we've, you know, underlined by that we've got the split. We got one game. We got the game that we we needed to. We still have a home court, even though our home court record is not as good as the road one. But even still, <laughs> like to go two two go back and going back to go, um Golden State, San Francisco, uh at two two, I'm still confident that we're that we're good enough to win. And I think it's going to take, you know, a team effort to, to, to do it for sure. But I think, <laughs> I think we're due, I think is the, the long roundabout way of what I'm saying. I think we're due a really good four quarter performance that the Warriors aren't going to be able to live with. And I think we're going to get into one of them too. Well, yeah. And, and just to readdress what we've already talked about, we looked so good in the first five minutes of this game. And yeah. then there were just some things... I don't know if they were out of our control, but the physicality and and the refereeing combined just messed us up. And it, it just feels like something that's that's something that the team can talk about and and prepare for for future games. And so, you know, you would hope, despite all of the playoff and finals experience that the Warriors have, that's just something that we can adjust to. Because I don't know this this postseason, like just it feels. It feels like a, it started a lifetime ago. I was watching the highlights from um, Nets game one the other day. And it, it feels like I feel like I was a different person <laughs> back then, <laughs> you know? And so, with that said, it's like we've learned so much or like the team surely has absorbed so much experience in this, you know, with all the adversity that they've seen in this, in this postseason run. So, you'd like to think that this is like kind of nothing to them, right? And they just go, okay, like that's, that's how they're going to play. That's how they're going to ref. Okay, well, we're going to go with this game plan. And, and adjust to it. Um, my other cause for optimism is that Derek White has been fucking awesome. Like, especially in game one, but he was pretty great in this game as well. You know, his shooting efficiency doesn't read out well. I think it was like four for 12 or four for 13 at the end of the game. But his defense, his 
switching on defense, his pushing the ball, his pace on offense, and him getting penetrating the defense and getting into the paint in a game where we struggled to do just that. He was often putting us in a good position with his penetration. Missed a couple of bunnies. I think both teams missed a few bunnies in this game, which is just, just to say that the, the pressure on the rim uh, is almost suffocating and, and causing guys to, to be a little bit shook at the rim. But, you know, Derek White through and through, that new dad energy, he's been awesome. And it just you just feel like it's like we've, we've got an extra, like, magazine for the... I mean, that's, you know, that's probably a really bad analogy to use. But um, we've... <laughs> Perhaps, but yeah, well, more ammo. Also, a terrible analogy. You know what I'm trying to say, though. Like we just we've got a bit more oomph about us to use a gun neutral term. Um, Derek White, I love that guy. It's hard not to, to, to dance around the gun analogies when you know we're talking about like shoot and stuff. So anyway. yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah. Now Derek White's been excellent. I think new dad energy bounce, whatever you want to call it, is is totally real. We need Tatum to you know in about three months' time probably get another kid. On the way, um, <laughs> time that well. Yeah, man, you get a little bit of everything from Derek White, as you said. You know, getting into the paint. Um, you know, we saw his three point shot in um, game one. Uh, the defense. I think he, that that Curry um, blocked layup that he had, and even took the ball back and got rid of it. Yeah, you know, it, it's awesome. So, and he's just coming into form at like the right time. So, as much as as much as you want to see. I guess in a tangent here, as much as I want to see like all of our guys like win the title, like I feel like Derek White getting the title is like real along with Horford as well too. That's like one for Brad Stevens. You know what I mean? That's a Stevens move. He bought that guy in and that guy delivered for us. So, yeah, you know, totally. I love to be able to tie it back to that, but I'm so stoked he's on our team. I remember when the trade happened, we were so stoked to have him. It didn't quite pan out throughout the, you know, in the preceding months and weeks following that. But um, now we're getting the best Derek White at the right time. And he's definitely got like another, you know, game one t- caliber kind of performance in him or multiple, you know, throughout this series. So if, if, if we see that, at, you know, if we see that, we're good. Yeah, he's playing his best basketball as a Celtic right now in the finals, Easy. which is, well, thank you, Derek White, for playing your best basketball in the finals. We really need that. Um, other points for optimism. Uh, we sort of covered, I've got a few listed here, but we already covered them. The, the, the notion that the Celtics would have gone up 2-0 on the road is just insane. So, 1-1, one, one, again, kind of best-case scenario. The only other thing I had was just watching our dudes in the finals, like watching little Jason Tatum. Like, remember when he was only 19? You know, Jalen Brown, a little flat-top, deer in the headlights, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, drafted him in 2014, the roller coaster, and it's like, these guys are, like, totally holding their own in the finals against the, like, dynastic warriors. That's just fun, and I've had to sort of pinch myself a few times and sort of remind myself to just kind of enjoy it no matter the outcome, which is maybe a loser's mentality, but just we love these guys and just watching them play finals basketball and and be the subject of the NBA media machines like full focus is just so good. Like as fans, we're in a fantasy land right now. It's awesome. Um, yeah. You know you know what I like the most about that? It's like when they get the national, the international spotlight on them and they do something awesome. They're like, oh, wow, that's it. That's what a great defensive play by, you know, Marcus Smart or Derek White or Grant Williams. It's just like, yeah, I know. I've yeah. been, <laughs> been saying <laughs> yeah. this to everyone for months and no one's listening. It's him. It's like, now you see him do it on the finals. You feel really, yeah, right. It's like, it's like being a proud parent, you know, seeing these, seeing these players um, perform the way they are. I remember the thing that I was going to say before. Um, one thing that I'm super optimistic about Bounce backs are a real thing these playoffs. You've got the Tatum bounce back, 
which granted didn't get us to win the day, but a terrible performance in game one bounces back to, you know, pretty solid scoring um, outing, you know, through three quarters at least. Obviously, he didn't play the fourth or very little of it, so he could have had more if it was competitive. Um, but also bouncing back after a loss. 7-0, I think, so far. Am I yeah. right on that? 7-0? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, undefeated, essentially, yes. I believe in the bounce back. Hell yeah. So I believe we're going to win the next game. And all we have to do is keep bouncing back and we're champs. Totally, yeah. Yeah, so we, that's- we've earned that right in winning Absolutely. one game in, uh, in Golden State there. Um, okay, game three predictions to, to wrap this one up. Uh, the first point I had there, Jackson, was <laughs> Celtics bounce back. <laughs> it's the bounce back um, reel. The other, the other points very quickly, and then we'll, we'll throw to you, uh, adjust to the physicality, which we, we spoke about. Take care of the ball. Easier said than done, but huge. And, and as part of that bounce back thing, like any, you're thinking back to the Bucks and the Heat series, any games that we lost, like clearly because of our high amount of turnovers, there was a bounce back in the next game and that we like, that was clearly this objective to really take care of the ball. So after a game like this, you, you can only imagine that that's going to be the case for, for game three as well. And TD Garden is going to be insane. Me and Wayne Spoonie are going to be up in the balcony there, screaming, yes. our, screaming our guts off, uh, taking you know recordings of, of us watching the game and, and creating content for the YouTube channel, but mostly just like screaming at Draymond Green and uh, trying to have a good time. Prediction-wise for you for game three, Jackson, you know... I feel like you've kind of already you've mentioned the, the bounce back. Obviously, you think the Celtics are going to win. Is there anything like specifically you think they're going to do different to get that win in game three? Um, I'm not savvy enough to say what we're going to do to adjust to their aggressive defense. I think Smart's going to have a better game. I think you're going to get either Grant Williams or Peyton Pritchard having a good game. Um, and I think it's going to be tight. But I think we're going to. I think we're going to win by about maybe seven or eight points. Hell yeah, yeah. I think that that sounds about right. You'd expect, yeah. I mean, you'd expect a response from the Celtics and, and for them to take care of home court at least in Game Three uh, in front of that insane Garden crowd. All right. Any anything else on Game Three or anything else that we've discussed on this pod, Jackson? Before we wrap this one up, I hope Time Lord's okay. Oh yeah. That's probably the only lingering negativity that I've got. Sorry to like just jump that back after trying to be positive, but um, <laughs> I think I think if Time Lord Time Lord is obviously very important to this. If he does sit game three, I probably wouldn't be that upset. To be perfectly honest, you know, with the with one eye on game four, obviously, given the quick turnaround between three and four. So yeah, I think as long as he's okay and he can come back, we should be all right. But yeah, you know, prayers up, I suppose, <laughs> to Robert Williams' knee. Yeah, the double big thing is so interesting. It's, there are times where it looks great, particularly defensively, and there are times where it, it looks like a hindrance. So whether Time Lord doesn't play or if we bring him off the bench and go, you know, uh, four out, one in, or five out with, with Al Horford, could be interesting just to sort of mix it up a little bit and, and keep the Warriors guessing. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't checked the stats on this, but I feel like I'm, our most productive lineups with sort of one big and and four shooters uh, mm. around Al. So, going to be interesting to see. Very, very excited. Just so, so excited that the Celtics are in the NBA Finals. It's just the best. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this one. Keep your shit up, Celtics fans. The Celtics stole one on the road and are heading home with home court advantage and now have a couple of days rest and recuperation. Jackson, love your work, mate. Thanks for coming on. 
Thanks for cheering me up, man. Appreciate it. (laughs) Likewise. (laughs) All right, folks. We'll be back with another pod after game three. Until then, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.